Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Time for BL. This is the podcast where we review movies, TV shows, novels, and comics, all in the boys' love genre. Man, I must love doing explicit, explicit, <laughs> expletive episodes. It's like they just keep coming more and more. <laughs> because I'm about to talk about something that even the title, I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to uh, just put that title out there. I'm going to have to find a way to take a picture of the inside or the back of the first book and use that because, uh, I'm going to be talking about Dick Fight Island by Raybun Ike. Ike Raybun. Ike Raybun. So, Ike Raybun has actually written like dozens and dozens of um, of <laughs> BLs. Uh, so, this is not her first. Uh, but basically what happened was I was at the bookstore and I had seen Dick Fight Island before. I did not grab it. But then when I went and I saw the second one and I realized I could get both of them, I uh, turned to Mr. Young and I gave him a smile and he gave me his card and said, you go pay for that. I don't want anyone thinking I'm interested in that. <laughs> so I bought Dick Fight Island <laughs> And I was like, I have to get this because I have to see what this is about. And basically, allow me to explain. There is a tournament and the tournament takes place on um, in the archipelago. Ah, there it is. On Pulau Yang Inda. And it is eight islands that make up Pulau Yang. And they have a tournament to determine their king every four years. So uh, the monarchy is democratic? <laughs> Not really. How the tournament works, the worm contest, um, each island picks its chosen and you have to battle whoever is the winner uh, gets to become king. Now, this is not a regular battle. It does now. It does take years of training. It does It does take stamina. But it also takes the ability to be the last person to release. I don't think this episode can be sponsored at, by anything at all. I, I'm, I'm just not going to put any links, affiliate links, nothing. So if you could support this podcast, that would be wonderful. You could support it using <laughs> the support button that will be located in the description bar and, um, and located in the link tree. You can support the podcast because <laughs> this is just going to be an episode. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Dick Fight Island, <laughs> you have no idea how much this cracked me up when I bought it, how much this cracked me up when I read it, and then I read both of them, and I did this in a day, less than a day, I just read them because they're one, really easy to read, and two, really hilarious, but also three, 
really get you intrigued in the whole story. They pull you into the whole story. And I found myself having my favorites of who I wanted to see um, just just win the dick fights. <laughs> I was also loving seeing all the different weaponry because what it is is uh, the weaponry is placed on your manhood. And you fight. Uh, well, not fight. You are supposed to, like, get the... You're supposed to break their armor so you could get them off. Oh, I love these books. They're so entertaining. Um, so, the main first character we meet is Hardo. Harto. I don't want to call him the main character because even though he's the first one we're introduced to, and he does take up a lot of the first uh, book... It actually shifts in the second book where we get to see an equal amount of everyone, sort of. Um, so Hardo is the Jewel Clan chosen, and he also got to go to school in the outside world for university. <laughs> he was a multicultural. Um, he well, he has multicultural experience. Um, he wrote his like the kings what they wanted to do. They wanted to change it because for the first time ever. Uh, the islands had two kings, uh, Saphir and Reg, who basically, when it came for them to fight, said, we're going to just rule together. And it turns out they are lovers. <laughs> it's covered in the second book about um, how that works with the tournament. <laughs> so Harto is representing the Jewel Clan, um, which Saphir is also the chief of. And he gets um disqualified because he wrote his um his paper that he was supposed to write in the outside language he did it to show how smart he was but there was no one on the island to translate it so another person who got um ousted from the competition was uh Taring, who's from the fan clan um, one of the re- the reason he was ousted is because of how young he is. He lives in a matriarchal society. They don't have many males born into their society, and many of the women in their society are lesbians. So uh, he was selected, and he was kicked out because they were like, "You just don't have enough experience." So right away, Harto was like, "No, I've trained for this." Taryn is like, "No, I want to do this. I want to represent my clan." So, Saphir and Reg say, okay, you guys can do a tournament right now, and whoever wins gets to stay in the competition. And uh, Harto is excited because he gets to show something that he discovered while in the outside world from his roommate, who was a master of this new technique that he's about to show. (laughs) The, The technique is to stimulate... The prostate gland. And this is why I was cracking up. Oh my gosh. It. Oh. So he gets to stay in the competition. And then we get to see all the other fights. And all the stories are just. You you start rooting for different people. Because you have Yuda. Who is the warrior clan's chosen. And he wants to be able to propose to Pisao. Who's the sun clan's chosen. And Pisao's brothers do not want him to propose to their little brother. So they told him that he has to win in order to get the opportunity to propose to their brother. But they also like tricked their brother into doing things 
that would make Yuda release his energy first. <laughs> so like they're telling him you should kiss him and you're going to do this because we want you to win for the Sun Clan. <laughs> and that's what they're telling him. But in reality, what it is, is they they just don't want Yuda to marry their um, their brother. And of course, you um, Peace Al finds out and is very upset because he's like, why didn't you ask me to marry you? Why did you go to my brother's? But it's too late. Yuda has lost. <laughs> and then we also have Naga and Vampire. Vampire is part of the healer clan, um, which is Reg, the other king's um, clan. And Naga is a part of the dragon clan. And he has an eye patch. And we find out that Vampire was the he- part member of the healer clan who helped to heal him. And also... Um, we found out that Naga had uh, rescued a bunch of kids. He's a hero, basically. And he was told he shouldn't enter the competition because of how strenuous it would be. But he wanted to represent his clan anyway, even though he was still healing from his injuries. And uh, it turns out Vampire is a sex demon. And um, we ship it. <laughs> and then the next, the last... Uh, of our couples is Roro. Well, actually, no, not the last of our couples. I'm gonna get to that. We have Roro of the Earth Clan. He's the Earth Clan's chosen, and also the Earth Clan chief. And everyone shows him it, their ass. And then we have Bulan, who is the Moon Clan's chosen, and is beautiful, majestic, like just like the. Um, he's a representation of the fact that the Moon Clan is just beautiful, and we find out that. There was a situation where a Moon Clan queen or prince or somebody was kidnapped, and there was uh, basically a war because she was so beautiful, and uh, that's one of the reasons why the Worm Competition exists to have a king every four years. But anyway, Bulan and Roro, um, Bulan <laughs> enjoyed Roro. <laughs> in the tournament so much he decided he needed more Roro in his uh oh (laughs) okay so like I said there's one more couple sorta so Harto he was the one who went abroad Uh, basically we find out in the second book that the king and the jewel chief Saphir had taken him abroad when he was um, doing one of his things where he was modeling or something. We find out that the Jewel Clan is the only clan of the islands that has experience with the outside world. They have school built by international uh, missionaries. Schools, yeah, schools built by international missionaries. They ha- um, have dealings with the outside world because their um island is full with jewels so they have a lot of money so they're also the richest um clan and harto also got to model abroad and all that stuff and then because of them having this experience with the outside world and the fact that harto was to be the clan's chosen the king paid for him to get an education in the outside world um, as well because that is a benefit to them on the island um, while doing that he, because he wears traditional outfits from um, what is the name of this island in Pulai Pulau Yang 
<laughs> from Pulau Yang. Their traditional outfits expose the buttocks because that's what you're supposed to do as a man. You're supposed to want to show your buttocks and how masculine it looks, how firm it is. It is a supple ass. Um, and uh, because on campus, um, in the dormitories, it's like you can't wear that. So he um, is, he, his professor um, links him up with someone outside who has a room for rent. And it is Matthew. Matthew is a gay college student graduate student yeah he's a gay graduate student usually only graduates live in the building but they allow harto to live there so he can continue to wear his traditional outfits and um gotta be open to the culture and matthew finally just says to harto look i likes you and i want you i would like to do this the easy way because i can't do it the hard way and uh, he teaches Harto the new technique that Harto naively did not know existed. We find out way more in the second book, like about the island and about Harto and Yuda and Pisao. Like they really were like, <laughs> they are naive kids who, this is just a part of their culture. So it's so accepted that they don't realize outside of their culture, people are going to be like, I'm sorry, you it's an expletive episode anyway you jack each other off (laughs) to decide who is king whoever comes first loses and you think this is normal but when i tell you like (laughs) you end up reading it and you're just like yeah yeah that's normal (laughs) i see it i see it because everyone on the island just it's it's such a normal part of society that they don't even see what like anyone else would see and the fact that there actually are cultures out there where they do wear clothing that expose the buttocks there is a culture where the um <laughs> screw it the penis goes in a thing that you know uh, is that, uh, it, it, that yeah there are cultures that do that and they are a normal part of our society. The only thing that makes it weird <laughs> with this is because this society is all has a habit of <laughs> making a competition <laughs> about um, sexually pleasuring people, and the entire village shows up children aren't allowed to attend but all adults on the island are allowed to attend and they have their favorites and they're cheering and it's there's pageantry to it and you're just sitting there like who's next and what does their um their armor look like (laughs) and no one protects their butt because no one ever thinks someone's gonna go for their butt um but also what makes it extreme is we don't have I don't think we have a society where someone just like exposes their butt to you to show that they are showing reverence or to to show that you are someone that they respect or um, show high favor to (laughs) yes this does that too (laughs) so like you see that I'm just like nah no my dude 
No. And I just found myself cracking up. Oh my gosh. But that's one of the great things about um, Dick Fight Island. It's such a ridiculous premise. And it's so entertaining at the same time. It, it definitely is. Uh, so stupid though. But it's so entertaining. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed every character, every situation. Um, they were all so... Like, I can't think of anything in the story that had me... Like, because I, I went into this with the mindset that this is going to be something that's campy and ridiculous, I could enjoy its campy ridiculousness. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. With a lot of things, you go in there, you're expecting a serious storyline, or you're expecting something that's um, going to make you think. It's going to be provocative. This one is just crazy, silly, and... <laughs> it's ridiculous honestly but i i loved every second of it it did make me laugh it did um have its um scenes especially in the second book because in the second book you're getting to know the characters more so it had its storylines that really had me sitting there reading it and just going wow this is why this character is like this oh my gosh he went through that oh my gosh what what is this about it it does that and it does it with such a silly premise that you sometimes with the second book especially you forget how silly the premise is with the second book I forgot I was reading Dick Fight Island 2 because not with the, fir the first story. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but like with some of the other stories, the first two stories, I was like, oh my God. But with the other stories, there were some scenes in there that I was really like, oh wow, this is nice. Oh wow, that's, um, that's interesting. Oh, you had to go through what? Like, just reading about their lives and that's why i really like the second one because the second one focused more on each character and let you get to know each character and what they were going through before and after the tournament and then with the first book it's just mainly during the tournament and a couple days after the tournament and we get to see um some of the things the characters go through um from the first book we get to find out that harto definitely has really strong feelings for Matthew and it's interesting what those strong feelings mean um, because Matthew tells him straight up we cannot fall in love and we come to learn why he feels like they can't fall in love especially since he's um, especially since he's preparing himself for this tournament but of course he falls in love anyway um <laughs> And also, I <laughs> I love the kings, Saphir and Reg, and how that whole thing works out in the end. Because they were like, it's so sad, we're no longer going to be the kings. And then, boom, <laughs> we found a loophole. <laughs> but it was so interesting as well, because you could hear like in the audience where everyone is saying, we want them to keep being the kings. It's so sad that they can't be the kings anymore so uh no one of course complained about the loophole because no one wanted them to step down to begin with 
And we also learn about trading between all the clans and the fact that there's like certain things when you're trading that you're supposed to do um, more for ritual sake and not because you have to do it anymore. Like it's it's made clear through both books that this um, society is very ritualistic. Like even though a lot of the modern world exists and they know of or they might even have access to they are very um set in their culture that they still just follow what the cultural they they go through the 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 cultural norms and the cultural rituals and everything because that's that's very near and dear to them and that's very important to them as a society and (laughs) yes i'm talking about dick fight island But just even that was just really nice to read because in real life, a lot of cultures, they lose their culture as um, the world starts to seep in and globalization starts to take over. Um, But this is like an island where they do like know the outside world exists and there's people who experience the outside world, but the culture is so important to them that they go back to it. talking about dick fight island and like it's like some deep <laughs> deep thesis on human nature oh my gosh i want to study the pulau yang islands and uh what their culture means to them how can they help us as a society understand true happiness <laughs> follow me on this journey Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, favorite characters off the bat. I honestly thought that Taring was going to be my favorite character. I thought I was going to love him, but he just ended up being so young that I was like, nah, I agree. You need to spend four years just chilling and then you can go. I'm here like, yeah, you should come back to the competition at a later date. You're too young, darling. <laughs> Um, my favorite character actually ended up being Naga. Like, I loved the fact that he had a whole storyline, um, that we learned about. And the fact that he, even though he was told, you know, you can't, you shouldn't enter because of your injuries. You just saved all those people and blah, blah, blah. He still said he wanted to represent his clan. And, and, and and he became my favorite because of that and my favorite storyline um was yuda and pisau uh for the first book because of you know yuda really wanting to impress pisau really being in love with pisau and wanting wanting his brother's approval and pisau making it clear i don't give a damn about my brother's approval i love you and you love me um, in the second book, my favorite storyline is actually between Roro and Bulan because we get to learn more about Bulan and his history and what went on in his life, what he experienced, and and also seeing him and Roro and where their relationship goes from there with Roro discovering things about Bulan. <laughs> he is a bloody, bloody man. Oh my gosh. He said he was going to kill that deer. (laughs) But yeah, their storyline ended up being my favorite in the second book. 
Um, and Naga was still actually my favorite in the second book as well as far as characters. But I also really loved in the second book, we really got to know Matthew. In the first book, we don't see much of Matthew. But in the second one, we really got to know Matthew and uh, find out how he feels about Harto and how those feelings grew. And how he was happy to know in different ways that Harto might have feelings for him as well. Um, yeah definitely suggest this to people who can read explicit content um it is for mature readers only um it looks like you can get it at sublimemanga.com i will might as well post the site (laughs) might as well do that um i will uh yeah, I will post the site for it. If I can get a direct link to Dick Fight Island, I will do that. <laughs> and please remember that uh, this episode has zero sponsorship, zero ads, zero affiliate links. So if you could support the podcast, that would be great. <laughs> if this ends up being my most viewed, most viewed, most listened to episode. <laughs> All I gotta say is Game Boys was on top for years. It's still on top. Kin Porsche is creeping up, but Game Boys is still on top. And at some points, this is gonna be outdated, but whatever. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. Um, I hope you enjoyed this review of Dick Fight Island. Words that I never thought I would ever say. Like the first time I saw the book, I completely walked past it. I was like, I'm not going to read this foolishness. I have zero interest. And I bought two of them. (laughs) I went ahead and I bought two of them and read them in a day. This is not the BL I usually read. I like slow burns. I like people growing in love. Nope, this one went straight to we had sex and then we fell in love. Where did you meet? Oh, we met in the tournament. I uh, made him came and then gave him a ring. <laughs> oh my God. This is JD Young and I am disappointed in myself. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Time for BL. I hope you have a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, and good night. Whatever it is, wherever you are. And if you read this just like me, you're nasty. <laughs>